So this last week, Anna says to me, hey, Dad, I got Encanado and con- and how can I, sp- thank you, should I just do that? It was a bunch of years ago, I think I've told you this joke, a guy came up to me and says, you'll be a pretty good preacher when your voice changes. <laughs> week two of this voice, Encanto. She's like, I'm watching Encanto, come on down. And like, I had seen it once before, but if my daughter's going to invite me to watch a movie with her, I'm in. I'm all in. Now, in addition to seeing it once before, I sat through the first half of it with Tanya, and I was like, oh, this is boring. And then I kind of grabbed me, you know, and then, you know, Bruno, Bruno, da, 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 you know, and then I listened to the album. It was on the uh, Billboard 200, top of the charts, and, and so I, the latest offering by Disney, right? This young little girl, Colombian girl, Mirabel Madrigal, Casa Madrigal, okay? And it's, and it's this epic story, right? It's this epic story about family and community and home and about, uh, about an individual who was uh, somewhat marginalized and then she discovers her true gift. And it's just, it's, it's, it's like this movie that you want to watch in the midst of a cold winter, in the midst of an environment in which we live. It's just like, you're like, dang, this just feels good. Mirabel Madrigal, voiced by Stephanie Beatrice of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which uh, two weeks in a row mentioned both my children, is one of William's favorite shows. That, I would say, you should consume at your own risk. (laughs) This idea of community, right? This idea of being a part of something larger than yourself. It's actually true no matter who you are. Whether or not we pursue it, we are a part of something larger than ourselves, okay? We are part of a planet. We are part of a group of people occupying that planet. So it's true no matter, no matter who you are. But pursuing to be a part of something larger than yourself, that, that's a different discussion. The church, the people of God, the community of God. N- not as individuals alone, but as individuals gathered. And I think I could spend the next few minutes telling you what's wrong, but I think it's more effective to tell you what can exist. And please understand this. In a world filled with so many questions, there is this potential, community. Being a part of something larger than yourself that is centered on something that is eternal. And not just being a part of it, but, but pursuing it, pursuing to be a part of the community of God, something larger than ourselves that is centered on something eternal. It's the only offer like that in the world. No other product, no other identity, no other political party. Okay, Nobody else offers what I just articulated is offered to us. The text, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, a set of verses that I first learned when I was at Bethel Seminary. Let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The word community actually doesn't show up in those two verses. But the word is there. The verses describe that concept. Community is implicit in the verses. It's it's what is offered, is what can be experienced. Arguably what we should experience. And how we should experience one another. 
and the direction that we should truly orient ourselves towards. Let us consider. Consider. Think about all the ways that I can encourage your faith. Think about all the ways that you can encourage my faith. I'm not even going to mention the fact that the text is not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that we should consider how to make ourselves more important. Think, then do, is really what the text is asking with this word consider at the beginning. Consider, think carefully about something. Consider what will happen if I don't exercise. Consider what will happen if I forget my spouse's birthday. More important, what happens if I don't take the garbage out? More important than that, what if I forget my anniversary? Perhaps more important than that, what if I forget the oil change? What if I don't pay the mortgage? What if I don't take my anti-anxiety meds? What if I don't take my depression meds? Consider, think, and then do. Did you see the video this last week? It was actually a video of something that happened last year in the middle of summer. There's this Czech rich guy, Radim Passer, okay? I think I'm pronouncing or Radim, maybe, Passer. Okay, he's in his Bugatti, okay? Beautiful car. $3 million. Do you need a $3 million car? Who needs? At any rate, in this beautiful car, right? And he wanted to test the upper speed. And so he took it on a stretch on the Autobahn between uh, Berlin and Hanover, Germany, okay? And, and at the end of the speed run, he says this, we thank God for the safety and good circumstances. What? He touched 259 miles an hour with a passenger in the car. Now, we shake our heads, okay, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of shake my head too, and I'm just kind of like, I'm like, okay, to do, so did you really even think? And, and, and so often we do this, right? Not at 259 miles an hour, but so often we do something because we can do it. We make purchases, we make statements, we engage in behavior because we can. Without ever thinking, should we? Before I do X, think. That's the word that starts these important two verses. Consider what will happen if I do X. Let us consider how to stir one another. Stir, I love this word, right? We often stir without consideration. At least I do. I love to jack with people. I, I, yes, please. But that's not what's here. When I jack with people, when I stir people up, okay, that's not what the text is arguing for. Spur in another translation, okay, stir, spur in another translation. It's one of the reasons why reading multiple translations can be helpful and encouraging. The, the, the Greek word behind, stir or spur, is, is this word. It's really a negative word, okay? It's a word that, that um, you know, kind of like you'd fight at the drop of a hat, okay? It, it's, it's sort of that word. It's a, it's a word of provocation, okay? Uh, it's also used in the New Testament. Uh, uh, Paul, Barnabas, okay? 
They're having a discussion about what to do with John Mark, who is my namesake. I am his namesake, okay, and, or he is my namesake. And, uh, and, and because, because John Mark has deserted Paul once before. Barnabas was like, hey, it's worth, take a, take a chance on the young kid. His voice will still change. <laughs> Paul's like, absolutely not. And, and, and they're provoked. They, they nearly come to blows. Same word. But here the strength of the word is lent to a positive direction. The author giving greater emphasis to the phrase versus saying, you should do this. No, stir the pot. Light a fire, throw a stick of dynamite, blow the whole thing up to this end. Love and good works. Love, we've defined before as seeking another's betterment, being totally committed to the betterment of another person. Can we just do this? How can, I, how can I encourage us to do this? If, if, if you, how? How in, in all that we do, in all that we say, think before we do, and, and if our thinking produces some sort of action that does not result in love and good works, then we should go back to thinking again. Because the text, the consideration, the think, and then the do is driving towards love and good works. Love. Seeking another's betterment. How can I convince us to love? I mean, in in everything and in all ways. In casual conversations. In really important things. How can I convince us to love? How can I convince us to seek the person that we're looking at? To seek their betterment? It's so hard. It's so hard. We, we so often seek our own betterment. We, we so often want for us. Right here. How can we convince ourselves that we should actually love consider stirring towards love and good works again not to enhance my reputation but to enhance jesus reputation again we can ask the exact same question of our souls how can i convince how can we convince ourselves to seek good things to do things that enhance the reputation of jesus christ looking at something you want to do Drive your Bugatti at 259 miles an hour. Yeah. I can't, can't see how that seeks anyone else's betterment. Can't, can't see how that, in any way, shape, or form, is good works. <laughs> Enhancing the reputation of Jesus Christ. And it's easy to pick on a rich check dude, right? Super easy, because that person isn't in the room. But, but, but think, all the things that we do that aren't about love, that aren't about good works, and the text is challenging. I mean, it's like a punch to the face. Another good word for what? The provocation of stir that is here in place. Verse 25. 
Let us consider how to stir, one an- stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting. Neglect is this word that means to fail to care for properly. In the most extreme occasions, okay, um, um, it's, it's the neglect of a child. And then governmental agencies or family will step in. But neglect can be both intentional and unintentional. It can be careless, carelessness, or willful, purposeful. It can be I intentionally choose to do something other than the thing I know I should do. Or it can be a sort of passive ambivalence. Question of ages, are you ignorant or ambivalent? I don't know, I don't care. Neglecting, falling, falling asleep on duty, not showing up food duty. So define these words and now think the opposite of that, of, of not neglecting. Some people live their lives with this notion, this mantra of, I really don't need people. I don't need anyone else in my life. Okay. So if you have that mantra, or if I have that mantra, the first question I would ask, just looking at you or looking at me in a mirror, is who put the clothes on your back? Because unless you really spun everything and sewed everything and put everything on your back, you probably need at least someone to dress you. And there is an axiom in the world today. Most people look better with more clothes on than with less clothes on. We all, we all, we all need people. We all need people. So let's disabuse ourselves of the notion of, oh, I'm independent. I don't need anyone. Really, tell me, how long would you have lasted last night if the gas company and some little dude or dudette decided to flip the switch that went to your house? No, we need, we need people. And if what we see, like the clothes that we wear or the heat that we enjoy, is actually less than there actually is, how much more is this? How much more this is true? I think one of the best lies that Satan tells us is that we can do it by ourselves, that we don't need anyone else. <laughs> that is straight from the pit of hell. I need you. I need you. I need you in my life. I cannot do life on my own. I am not, in any way, shape, or form, capable of living apart from the community. Don't neglect meeting together, this corporate, this personal, this hospitable. It's, it's, it's the cup of coffee on a... It's all of these things, right? And to be sure, okay, we're coming off a period of time where, where, where we haven't been able to meet all the time. There's been all sorts of excuses to not meet, all sorts of good reasons to not meet. But as we sit here today, as we put these things together, you know, we can kind of get into this, this position where we're like, oh, I can grab a little church on Sunday morning, right? The old YouTube, it'll let me sleep in later because I hit it too hard last night. I don't have to waste time to and from driving from church. My coffee is better at home, which is not true here. <laughs> Besides, I don't need other people, Right? I don't need other people. I get to choose. I can worship God on my own. I don't need to be with other people. 
couple things need to be said about that mentality. But first, let's start with the example of Jesus, who loves the church. If we barely like the church, what does that say about us? A person might say, oh, I love Jesus and I love the church. And then you look at their lives and you see very little evidence to support their contention. And then that exact same person, I love this one. I love it when people tell me this. Oh, don't judge me. Oh, stop. What are we, like kindergartners? I challenge someone. I challenge someone. Oh, I don't want to be challenged. What? What? Who do you think? Who do you, what? What? You, you think I stand up here with some ulterior motive? Other than to move us closer to Christ? Seriously. I'm going to say a bold thing. If you think I'm standing up here with some ulterior motive other than to move us closer to Jesus Christ, then probably get up and leave right now. If you think I'm motivated by a political agenda, if you think that I'm espousing this party or that party or this socioeconomic reality or that one, please just, please leave right now. Just, it'd be so much easier. If we barely like the church, something that Jesus Christ says that he loves, And if we don't want people coming up next to us and saying, hey man, I don't, I don't get this part about your life. Kind of seems like you're going 240 miles an hour in a Bugatti. And that's offensive to us. If someone that we value says something profound into our life, even challenging, Maybe there's an ulterior motive, or maybe they truly love us. Maybe they have our best interests in mind, not our worst. That's one of the many benefits of community. If, and if they miss the mark, if someone comes up to you and says, ah, and they miss the mark, well, the strength of the relationship should be good enough. Assuming day in and day out, we're playing by the same set of rules of how I can encourage, how you can encourage me to love and good works. Let's unpack the, the I want to sleep in late, it's the only day of the week I can argument. Oh, let's not. This last week, there's this article, January 22nd, so is that, that was yesterday. Lee Schaefer, you know this cat, um, Star Tribune, he writes in the business column, Personal Finance. You have choices, Mr. Schaefer. One financial advisor, Craig Schaefer, said almost every time we talked the last couple of years, he was right, of course, and I have chosen to make a change. This week is my last at the Star Tribune, and you are reading my last column. Cool. I've read his column a couple times. Don't read it all the time. I like his column. Of the things that seem most important for the next chapter of our lives, most of them won't cost much money. Some ideas for retirement do cost a lot of money, like buying a big house in another state. We're not doing. I will grant you that moving across the country could make people happier, although it seems far more likely that they'll carry most of their problems with them. And I know from years of looking into human biases and decision-making that people are genuinely 
generally terrible at predicting what will make them happy. And any interest I had in moving to the sunny state of Florida, a perennial popular spot for Minnesotans, didn't survive my last business trip there. The Floridians were fine. It was the tax avoidance obsessed Minnesotans who were annoying. Our tradition here of getting involved in communities is one reason we get ranked pretty high by measures like the health of our seniors. It can explain why Minnesota edged out Hawaii for the top spot in ranking of how many years people can be expected to live independently and in good health. One benefit of getting out in the community and helping others with their problems is getting a break about thinking about our own. A CEO once told me that it had never occurred to him, driving home after volunteering to fish household garbage out of a construction dumpster at a nonprofit's building site, that he really needed to buy a new boat. And then he talks about his involvement in his local church and how he's not even the biggest volunteer in his local family and how important it is for him to be a part of a community of faith And how he was serving the other day with a kid who was in ninth grade. Who wanted to be a part of the church because he knew that he would need a supportive community. If you haven't read the article, you should. It's good. It's it's really good. And it echoes exactly what we're talking about today. Let's consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And it ends here. And all the more as you see the day, capital D, drawing near. We can make it to the day. It's it's yet future. It's been fully decided. The Father knows when. It's, It's wonderfully anticipated We can prepare, we can wait, we can want the day. The day of reunion with those who love the Lord, the day of this spiritual kingdom stretched throughout the ages, united. Can you imagine that? All the people who have ever said, yes, I want to follow Jesus Christ in one spot at one time. I long for it. I long for it. And so Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 draws us to this. Let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Please pray with me. Father, may our lives be about the business that you have placed before us. And and for some of us, Father, we, we come into this game and we're so good at what we do. And we've been rewarded so handsomely for what we do so well. And and we've kind of put ourselves into this position where we can do just about anything we want. But should we? Should we do what we want 
or should we do what you want? And it's a challenge I issue to my own soul, O great God. Allow your spirit to work in my life, in our lives. Allow us to be the people of God, the community of God, that meet together, that encourage one another to love and good works. The community of faith that looks forward to that day. I thank you for this time, O great God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.